Hey, Pastor Josh here. Thanks so much for watching our videos. If you'd like more information about Legacy City Church, you can go to LegacyCityChurch.com. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit the bell below. God bless you. We are in Psalm 103 in our Bibles. Today I wanted to reflect once again on the goodness and grace and faithfulness of our God. A time to step back and be reminded of how great and awesome our God is is so important. doesn't matter how many times you've heard it. doesn't matter how many times you've reflected on the good news of what our God has done. It still moves me. It still gets me every single time. And that's the beauty of the grace of God. That's the beauty of his forgiveness and his love, his righteousness and his truth. It goes to a thousand generations. It continues to minister in every single culture, in every single tribe, no matter your background, no matter where you came from. It cuts through all of the fog and it nails every human being perfectly, to which I'm thankful. And again, as I sit back uh, year after year, we, we take time to stop in our year and to remember what God has done in our church. For it's by His grace and His faithfulness that we would make it this far and that we would continue to minister in this city. Through 2020, I know a lot of churches that still have not opened. They're not back up and running. And many will never get back up and running. But by the grace of God, somehow we are still here today. And it's not some magic trick I pulled. Trust me. I stand back again and again and have to rely on the Lord as well and say, God, will you, will you keep working? Will you keep ministering? We'll keep plowing the fields. But just because we, we dig the ground and we plant seed doesn't mean it's going to rain. We need God to show up. We need him to pour down. We need, even if it rains, we don't know if the crops are going to produce twofold, fourfold, or tenfold. We don't know. We have to rely on him for the fruit. And so to stand here and just to see what God has done, really when we, when we stepped into 2021 and when we relaunched meeting together here back in our original building in, on Easter, I, I told you guys, I said, it's Resurrection Sunday, and it's time to resurrect and rebuild the church. It's time to start moving forward again and get back on track and refocus. And you've done just that. And God is still ministering, and Bible studies are being built out again, and ministries are being established by the grace of God. I'm thankful for the work of the Holy Spirit because, again, I'm not smart enough or talented enough to organize and to talk to every single person and get them in the right lane. We need God to show up and motivate and encourage and bring passion, bring resilience, bring discipline into a person's life, self-control, so they can start building out what God has called them to do. It is not easy in this day and age. There's so many fences to jump. There's so much stuff to think through. There's so many opinions. But by the grace of God, we are here today. Psalm 103, I want to remind you of what God has done. And I, when I look at this text and I look at the deal that God has made with man, I really think it's kind of one of the worst deals in all of history. I can't believe it, really. And you'll see, we'll spin it at the end to see the greatness of God. But man, when I look at this deal, I really do think it's like 
you going into business with Jeff Bezos or something or one of the richest guys on the planet, you know, you're like, hey, let's do business together. And he says to you, well, what do you got to bring to the table? And you're like, um, uh, I, got, uh, I got a paper clip. I got some lint in my pocket. Uh, I, got, I got a couple in the bank. He's like, it's okay. I got everything. I got everything. We can build whatever kind of business you want. We can make this happen. You want to do a deal with me? Really? You want to do a deal with me? What is God doing partnering and doing a deal with humans on this planet? Does he really need us? Can he not do it on his own? Can he not send an angel just to shout from the, the top of the universe? He could do whatever he wants. For some reason, he allows broken human beings to be a part of the story. And he empowers us with his gospel, with his spirit, with his message, then to transform the culture around us for his glory. It's one of the most beautiful, it is the most beautiful story in the universe. And I am in awe that God would crack a deal with me. Psalm 103 in our Bibles, can we stand for the reading of God's word? I like to stand for the reading of God's word to pay honor to him and to remember whose word we're reading. My words can never change you. God's words will change you forever. Allow his word to minister to you. Let it wash over you. I'm going to read 14 verses. Take a look. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his way to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. Let's pray. Father, we bless you today. We thank you and we remember you your greatness, your faithfulness, your work, and we're in awe that you're using us. I pray, please God, that your attributes would be displayed again today to such a degree it would cause all of our hearts to just want to worship you and walk with you more and love you more in obedience, not because we have to, but because we want to. We want to walk with you, ignite our hearts, Build us for your glory during this time, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Take a look at this deal that God has made with man. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me, David writes. David opens by commanding his own soul to bless God. There are seasons in the Christian life and through some of these seasons, we don't feel like blessing God. 
Sometimes it's summer and everything's fun and exciting spiritually. Sometimes it's fall and it feels like things are changing in life spiritually. Sometimes it feels like wintertime. Everything's dead. It's like, God, are you even there? I don't feel anything anymore. I just don't feel anything. And you're fully walking by faith, trusting God. You need to remember that springtime is just around the corner where everything is fresh and new and exciting. The Lord is at work, but regardless of what season you are in today, listen, family, listen, church, we need to oftentimes command our own souls to bless God. Excuse me, soul. Do you not feel like blessing God today? Um, I got a problem with that, okay? Uh, you need to bless God, okay? Well, I don't feel like it. That's fine if you don't feel like it, but we're going to bless the Lord today. David, King David, the instrument inventor, the psalm writer, the king of Israel, the giant slayer by the work and hand of God, but also the adulterer, the murderer, the one that God would use greatly for his glory, just a broken man who needs God just as much as we do, says even he has seasons and commands his own soul to bless God. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Verse 2, and forget not all his benefits. He starts to write it down. He's like, I'm going to reason with my own soul. I'm going to reason with my own mind. I'm going to give good reason as to why you soul should start blessing God. Sometimes, church, we need to go back to the text and say, you know what? I really don't feel like blessing God. Let me go and remember his benefits. Maybe Psalm 103 is one that you need to mark in your Bible and go back to often and say, you know what? It's not feeling like walking with God. Go back and remind yourself of how good and awesome God is. Just read through those 14 verses and watch it transform the mind, the mind and the heart. When I think about benefits, I think about what companies give you for work. You know, the benefits. Got to have those good benefits, right? I got this job offer. I got this opportunity. What kind of benefits is there? What's the 401k plan? What's the, the, the dental care? What's the, the eye care, the health benefits? You get into a really good company, sometimes life insurance and shares in the company, right? You know, the bennies, the benefits. Some companies don't get benefits at all, huh? But do you know the benefits that God gives? You come into relationship with him? You come into partnership with him? You know the benefits that God gives you? David says, forget not all of his benefits. God gives unbelievable benefits. Would you say unbelievable with me? Unbelievable. Sometimes when you stand back and reflect how the benefits keep pouring in your life, regardless of what you are doing from day to day, the benefits never go away. The promises and blessings of God keep pouring consistently. Oftentimes when I look at the way that I've lived that day or whether or not I've been faithful to God that day, surely some benefits should be taken away. He should dock my employment. He should dock my life, put a check mark there, say, performance is a little under today. You didn't meet quota. We're going to take away some of those benefits. 
But oh, interesting, he doesn't take away any of them. Why? Because the benefits are given to you not based upon what you have done, but what Christ has done for you. He fulfilled the requirement of God. He's forgiven your sin and he's filled your account. Justification. Listen to some of these benefits. Are you ready? Strap on your seatbelts. These are incredible. Think about all the benefits and promises God has given his people. God says, Philippians 4.19, the apostle Paul writes to the church in Philippi, he says, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. This is a real promise. Do you know that God's bank account doesn't drop when he provides financially for his people? Oh no, I got to go to the ATM. This family needs their rent paid. Okay, let me go see. Does God's account drop? No, he owns all the cattle on a thousand hills. It literally never drops. He's going to provide for us all that we need. Romans 8.28 says, and we know that all things work together for Good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. The richest people on the planet cannot buy this. Cause all things to work together for good. Who is it for? To those who love God and are called according to his purpose. This isn't for everybody on the planet. This is only for God's people. And he says, I am going to cause everything, all things happening in your life to work for good. You mean even that thing? Even that thing that crushed me? Even that dark thing that I did? Even that experience that I'm going through? You mean you're going to use that for good somehow too? Yes, this is my promise. This is my work, God says. You can't purchase this. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, Come to me, Jesus says, All ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. What a promise. Some of you need rest today. Cast your burden upon me and I will give you rest, Jesus says. What a blessing. What a counselor. What a promise. You can go and cast your burden upon the Lord Jesus and he will show up and grant you rest. This is the only way to be able to get through a lot of the chaos going on in the world today. You need relationship with God. Philippians 4, 7, listen to this benefit. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus in the midst of trial and tribulation, in the midst of prison, in the midst of suffering and persecution. Paul writing is saying that God will supernaturally give you peace that surpasses understanding. We want to understand, huh? The older that I get, the more I want to understand. I want to know. I want to calculate. I want to know how this is going to work out. And what I've grown to realize is oftentimes it's just not going to happen and I need to give this to God and I need to ask him for peace that surpasses my understanding. I don't know how this is going to work out, but God is giving me peace. The text tells us, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. we got to get our eyes on him and off of the world and the culture around us. Charles Haddon Spurgeon wrote, God promises to keep his people and he will keep his promise. 
God promises to keep his people, and he will keep his promise until the very end. Listen, you can't buy these benefits. You can't even work to gain them. Did you know that? God gives them to you freely. You trying to purchase the benefits is like walking up to the cross when Jesus is dying for you and trying to give him five or ten bucks. Say, Lord, uh, you didn't pay enough. Here's a, here's a little extra. Get, get this to the Father. Here's a little tip. And Jesus says, I'm sorry. I paid for everything. It's all done. It is finished. It's done. There's nothing more that you need to do to gain access to heaven. Did you know that? If you're a Christian, God has already given you access. And watch this. The epistles tell us that we receive an inheritance. An inheritance from our Father. God the Father, what does he own and what is the inheritance that he slides across the counter to his children? Every parent wants to leave some inheritance to their kids. If you can, of course, everyone wants to. But God the Father in heaven sits on his throne and says, when you come into relationship with me, watch this, you become my son, you become my daughter, and you receive an inheritance. On what level? Do you know who else is called his son? The Lord Jesus. How in the world could he turn around and call me son? What am I doing in that category? What am I doing as a part of the family? Forget not all of his benefits. If you've been working to try to gain favor with God, you need to understand you can't. There's nothing more that you can do. You better just start enjoying and walking in the blessings and promises because they are there and available. God has blessed you with them because of the work of Christ. All of Christ's righteousness has been imputed into your account. He made him who knew no sin to be sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. Look at verse 3. Who forgives all your iniquity. Forgives all your iniquity. Iniquity is a fancy word for intentional, deliberate, in-your-face sin. You know, those ones where we say, I know this is wrong. I know I shouldn't do this. I'm going to do it anyways. God forgives you and loves you even and, and, and wipes that sin away in forgiveness even though he knows it is deliberate. Look at the cross. Christ took the punishment for our sins so that we could go free. Psalm 86, 5, For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive, abundant in loving kindness to all who call upon you. God is ready to forgive right now. I remember when I was younger in the faith, I, I would sin or fall into sin, and I, and I felt so guilty. I'm like, I can't talk to God for like two or three days. I can't go to church. I can't read my Bible right now because that's like so hypocritical. The psalmist says that God is ready to forgive right now. Amazing. Ready to forgive. Forgives all your iniquity. Second part of verse 3, who heals all your diseases. God is going to heal all diseases in this life or the next. This body is fading away, isn't it? 
I've lost my hair already. I am bald at this age. I potentially may be in the glorified state already, and you guys will be bald in heaven, see? All the bald guys are like, amen, amen, honey, eh? I will have Jerry Curl in heaven like you wouldn't believe. You say, who's that dude with the big Jerry Curl in heaven? That's me. <laughs> Heals all your diseases. Look at Job. He's the most righteous man in his town because of the grace of God. Yet he was deathly sick, he lost his family and his business, he lost everything. And he said, naked I came into this world, naked I will go. The Lord gave to me, the Lord gave all of that to me, and it is the Lord who has taken that away from me. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He chose to bless and worship God regardless of his situation. His eyes were fixed on a city whose maker and builder is God. His eyes were not fixed on what was going on right here today. He could look ahead. We will be healed in this life or the next. How can we not bless the Lord? Look at his benefits. Verse 4, who redeems your life from the pit? Who redeems your life from the pit here on earth and in eternity? Without Christ, we are headed for hell on earth as well. Look, people not walking with God, not loving God and loving their neighbor. Life can turn to hell right here on this earth, huh? The lowest of the low, destruction everywhere because sin overtakes us and cuts down everything in life. John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy you. But Jesus said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. He redeems your life from the pit of hell here on this earth and in eternity, praise God. Who knows where we would be if God had not saved us and now you are here on this Sunday worshiping God blessing the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for redeeming my life from the pit. Who knows where I would be on this Sunday if it was not for you? You know why hell is so bad in eternity? It's because we're separated from the God who is light, joy, love, peace, righteousness, good, who's built pleasure and fun and rest. When you're separated from all of that, that is hell for eternity. Who wants to be separated from that kind of God? He crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. He crowns you, the end of verse 4, with steadfast love and tender mercy. I love this. He crowns you. What is the King of Kings doing crowning me? I love the picture of the prodigal son, you know, the kid who took his dad's inheritance and ran out into the city and was running around burning up all the cash, and he finds himself eating the slop of the pigs. And he remembers, he says, even the workers at my dad's house are better off than eating with pigs. I'm going home. And when he goes home, I'm sure he's looking around the corner wondering what's going to happen when he walks back in that gate because the last conversation he had with his dad was, hey, dad, just give me the money. He says, son, you don't want to do this. Don't go off into the world. Please stay close to me. He says, no, no, just give me the cash, dad. I'm, I'm, I'm going. So surely when, when he comes home, he's going to get a little lashing from his dad, right? No. The text tells us that when the gate opened and the father saw his son, 
He says, get the robe. He runs over to his son. He puts the robe on his son. He takes off his signet ring and he puts it on his finger. He takes the crown of tender mercies and love and puts it on his head. And he says, throw a party, throw a barbecue, carne asada, ribs for everybody, smoke it up. We are throwing a party for my son. He's home. And the son looks at his dad and says, what is going on? I knew I was in trouble when I was coming home because I took from my dad. And here he is pouring grace and love and forgiveness upon me. Why? John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. The only reason God does this is because he loves you, not because you've done anything great. I'm only discovering this now with my children. I don't love them because they've done something great. I love them because I love them. I love them because I love them because I love them. They haven't had to do anything. My heart overflows for them as a father. They don't have to do anything. I keep loving them. And that is the love of a father, of a mother. And the greatest love in the universe is a God who says, I love you no matter what. This is the grace of God. How can this be? There are moments in my life, again, where I step back and say, God, how can you keep blessing me? It's amazing. You can never use up the love of God. There is an infinite amount, and he keeps pouring it. And this isn't an opportunity to say, well, I'm just going to go and just do whatever then, and God's going to keep loving me. No, no. Let me warn you. It will destroy your life and mess you up. And then you'll be sitting there in the mud saying, why did I do this? God says, Walk with me, love me, know me. Verse 5, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. God's presence fills you with straight up good. You want to get your, uh, your fill of coffee in the morning, don't you? Fill up my cup. The text says that God satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. God fills you with good. It is his grace that does it. His spirit that enables you to do anything good. We need to be filled with his goodness each and every day. Look at verse 6. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. Praise God. Nobody's getting away. The wicked rulers on the earth, no one gets away. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. You say, I'm going to get away. You're not getting away. God sees everything. I, I, need, I, need, I need to do something. I need to go take action. I'm going to take over. I'm going to go take care of this myself. No, no, no. Vengeance is mine, declares the Lord. God, I trust you. No one gets away. He's a good king. Look at all these benefits. Look at verse 7 and 8. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious. He's slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Slow to anger with his people, praise God. Not quick to anger like me sometimes. Not harsh. Not heavy-handed. Slow to anger. Aren't you thankful? He lets the rope go out so far sometimes 
He will discipline his kids because he loves us. But man, God lets that line go out pretty far sometimes. He's slow to anger. We're thankful. His mercy and grace continues to grow and abound in our lives. Look at verse 9. He will not always chide nor keep his anger forever. And the one that always gets me, he does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquity. He does not deal with you according to your sins. Aren't you thankful? He doesn't repay you for what you've done wrong. You know why? Because he did that to his son Jesus already. He let him pay for your sin. He let him take the punishment. He dealt with him. Here it is. Are you ready? The, the business deal of a lifetime. He does not deal with you. He does not deal with you according to your sin. I will not deal with you according to your sin. Are you okay with that? Lord, how could you do that? How could you make this kind of deal with me? I deal with everybody according to their sin. Anybody wrongs me, they're going to get it. God says, I do not deal with my people according to their sin. He lets them go free because of the work of Christ. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. He not repaying us according to our iniquity. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, verse 11. Do you know how high that is? Get on a SpaceX rocket soon and uh, you can go see. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. That's how great God's love is towards his people. And as far as the east is from the west, as far as the east is from the west, infinitely so far does he remove our transgressions from us. Some of you need to hear this today. You're forgiven even for that thing. You're forgiven. You know what I've discover, discovered in, in all these years of ministry? No one is righteous, no, not even one. And the only way we are declared righteous is because of what Jesus has done, not because of what we have done. Every single man and woman on the planet is not righteous and does not do good. And we have all failed greatly in life. I have had so many, I shouldn't say so many, there have been people in my mind that said, this guy is extra righteous. Like he got an extra dose of like righteousness on his exterior. And time and time again, word comes out that they have fallen or failed greatly behind the scenes. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. There is no one who seeks God. Any righteousness in you is because of the work of God in you. By his grace, we are sustained and sanctified to the very end. If it wasn't for him, we'd all fall away. Praise be to God. You need to hear this. You were forgiven, and you can't earn that forgiveness. You're not reading your Bible ten more times. It's not going to pay for that sin. It's because it's already paid for because of Jesus. So read that Bible ten more times because you want to, not because you have to. Enjoy your relationship with the Lord. Verse 13. 
For as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he remembers our frame. He remembers that we are dust. We're just a bunch of dirtbags. He remembers our frame. We're just a bunch of broken people who need Jesus every single day. No one needs him more than I do. No, no one needs him more than you do. We all need him exactly the same. We are all sinners saved by the grace of God. And we need him every single day. And he freely gives it to you. I believe this is just about the worst deal ever made in history. Watch this. How much has God invested into us? He keeps dumping more and more money into the company, believing that it's going to get better. Keeps dumping more. Did Jesus not pay the entire debt off and give us all the benefits? How much does he get back on his return? Return on investment. Does he get 5% out of you? Does he get 10% out of you? How much does God get out of us on his investment? We are sometimes faithful, sometimes have right motives, sometimes live a life worthy of the king, few days sinless, but he still paid full price for these broken vessels that he fills and uses for his glory. Here is the auction going off. They bring the broken vessel up on the tower and they say, what do we, what do we want for this one? What do you want for this one? They say, 10, I'll take 20, I'll take 30, 30, can I get 40? Can I get 40? Can I get 50, 50, I hear 50. You want to go 60, 75, 75, okay. One billion. Um, sir, it's a broken vessel. I will pay the highest price. That one's mine. And I will repair it, and I will fill it, and use it for my glory. What is God doing investing so much into these broken people? I'll tell you why. Because he gets all the glory. No one gets the glory but him. Even when we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Even on the days that we don't believe with all of our hearts, God remains faithful to the end. And I am here to declare, yeah, it looks like the worst business deal from one angle, but it is the best deal in all of history. And anybody who turns away from it, you're crazy, man. God is offering love and relationship to people on the earth. And it is amazing that God would keep pouring on us time and time again. Finally, what can we possibly give to God when he has given us so much? You know what he wants? Just you. Just you. He doesn't want anything else. In commanding us to worship him, he's inviting us to glorify him and enjoy him forever. The relationship is just about being in close relationship with the creator who made us. 
Family, the best thing that you could do is keep on repenting, keep on turning to the Lord, keep on walking with him. Just enjoy the relationship. Love him and serve him. And love and serve your neighbor. Most powerful thing you could do. Bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we... We worship you, we bless you, and we thank you for your goodness and your grace. It goes to the very end. Lord, you continue to minister, you continue to walk with us as a parent does with their child. All of our mistakes, all of our failures, all the things that we do, you just stay consistent. And I'm so thankful for that, that we will walk with you into eternity. And Lord, we want to bring a gift to you. We want to bless you. We, we would love to do more for you. And all you are asking us, all you desire is just for us to seek you, to walk with you, to know you, to be in relationship with you. I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit now that you would resurrect hearts and minds right now in this place and that repentance would take place with all of our being. We would turn to you and make you Lord and Savior over our lives. That we would be in awe of your unbelievable gifts and benefits, salvation and promises and blessings and we would turn to you with all of our life. And we'd be granted resurrection and life and then abundantly here on this earth and in eternity. Bless your people, Lord. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the work that you've done in this church and that you will continue to do, we believe, by your grace. We love you, King. We commit our church to you once again. We ask your blessing upon it. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.